Welcome to Authentico. This is Gabriela. And Junior. Back to the drawing board. This podcast is created with you in mind, the Latino professional and business owner determined to succeed. Por eso conversamos en dos idiomas and discuss a wide range of topics. As diverse as our audience and provide you with tools and resources. Esperemos que les guste. We're back. How are you? This is Gabriela Ramirez Arellano del podcast Auténtico. Y conmigo tenemos a Junior Lara. ¿Cómo estás? Fantástico. Me siento auténtico. <laughs> ya se imaginan de qué humor está. Está de muy buen humor este Junior. Y estamos contentos de estar aquí con ustedes y platicar nuevamente. Tenemos un tema, obvio, muy interesante, pero también algo muy cerca de nuestros corazones. Este, so vamos a hablar un poquito acerca de qué es, qué son o qué hacen los mejores jefes para poder motivar, inspirar y retener a sus, a sus empleados, a su equipo. Y este, obvio, Junior trae mucha información acerca de eso, así es de que, ¡tara! <risa> ¡Tara! Oh, you did it better than I did. <risa> Y por eso es que estoy bastante emocionado. Uh, mira cómo está Cami Cami en las palabras. Ya no nomás dice excited. Ya, ya no digo excited en español. Excitado. Estoy bastante emocionado uh, porque eh, recibí una promoción recientemente en mi trabajo. Y, y al primero cuando estábamos hablando acerca del episodio, we were like, you know, like, does it make sense for us to talk about it? Does it make sense for... To, uh, for us to like make it a personal, like would we would it be self centered? And I feel like he said something that really really resonated with me, and it's like like why why else are we doing this? Like we're we're here to share our personal experiences to help all the people grow and develop. So I thought it would be a great idea and say it. You know what? Well, let's let's go through with it. So yes, uh, I received a promotion at work. I am going to be a manager over an entire department of people. And I am super excited about it. That's amazing because you've only been there, what, like six months? <laughs> Ten months. <laughs> Ten months. It feels like six. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, but I also know, not not just the work that you've been doing at this job, but I also know that at your previous employer, you continuously, continuously, continuously tried to scale mm -hmm. and grow within the company, and it just wasn't happening. Right. So this this is monumental, not just because it's your first promotion at your current job, Um, and you got to do it so fast, but because you've really been working very hard at this. So, you know, when we talk about that iceberg theory where you only see the shiny object and you don't see all the effort abajo, mm -hmm. this is, es un buen ejemplo de eso, porque la gente no te ha visto en esa compañía donde estás, los cinco, seis atentos a tratar de subir en, en la otra compañía. Entonces, parece como que a lo mejor alguien puede decir, bueno, él llegó nomás y luego ya escaló. Pero sin saber que ya tienes mucha práctica porque has tenido muchas entrevistas. Exacto, sí. Eso es una de las cosas que, que la verdad, como tú dices, mucha gente no aprecia. Es el trabajo que hace, like the work that you do behind the scenes when other people are going out partying or, or going out and having fun. Like the people that put in the work behind the scenes. And I have to say that I work extremely hard. You know, I'm sure there are people out there that will outwork me in any day. But I did work very, very hard. Like, for example, one of the best things that I ever did to invest in myself, and I feel like all leaders should always invest in themselves. 
Like that should be number one is constantly investing in yourself. But I joined Toastmasters. Like I am a huge, huge advocate of Toastmasters, even though I don't currently participate in a club today. Um, that was the, one of the biggest investments that I uh, that I have ever made. It has continued to pay dividends years and years and for years. Mm-hmm. And I know that's going to continue to do that for many, many years to, to come. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I also think that it's really important, like you said, to invest in yourself, but also even for you to acknowledge. I mean, you maybe had one or two interviews for this position, mm-hmm. but you probably had 10 interviews that I know of in the last year. Ten so is right. that's been 10 opportunities mm-hmm. for you to practice. Yeah. And to better understand how to showcase your talents and your skill sets, but also how to maneuver the system. Because in a way, sometimes it is a system, right? They ask you questions that are either meant to throw you off or just see what you respond, but not really getting to know you. So um, this interview process that you just went through, like I said, people at your current job could say, oh, he just got here. Like Mm -hmm. he got a new job right away. But really, you've been working hard at interviewing and perfecting the skill. Um, so not to put it in a bad connotation, but you had a lot of times and a lot of opportunities to try yeah, and they didn't work out, but you right. learned from them. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, here we are. And it's like, oh, he just went and interviewed and now he's got the job. Right, right. No, I mean, that's a hundred percent true because I mean, 10 is the right number. Like 10, I'm oh, sorry, eight different times people told me no. And eight different times I hurt. Because I felt that it was like the right time for me. It was the right opportunity. And I got told no for eight different times. Like to finally someone said yes. And like we said at the beginning of this recording, eight months later, again, I got the yes. But all the other eight times, I got no, no, no. Right. So, so yeah. So I just wanted to point that out. Porque muchas mm-hmm. veces, como te digo, vemos lo que ya está brilloso, lo bonito, sí. el éxito, pero no, no podemos ver realmente ni apreciar el trabajo y el esfuerzo, el sacrificio que tomó para la persona llegar a ese momento. Sí, y yo estoy bastante brilloso y bonito. Tengo, sí, tengo, estoy de acuerdo. Oh, my gosh. Desde que Gilberto, <risa> we need to have a talk. Desde que Gilberto vino sí. a grabarnos y llegó con su uh, estuchito para el brillo, con chapstick, con todo. Desde entonces, Junior se ha sentido menos. Sí, porque yo no sabía, like, you know how, like, you always had something, but you, like, never knew about it until you didn't see it in somebody else? Like, that was it for me. So, for those of you who don't know Hivelto, uh, he's a bald man like myself. We've been gifted with the gift of baldness. <laughs> but his baldness, he has a little estuchito, like you said, right? The shine, he didn't have any shine on his forehead, on his head. Like, he was just matted. You know, like, he had, like, the right gloss, the right matte for the face and the head. And, like, I need to get like that, dude. So now, every time that I hit record, the first thing that I see is a shine on my head. So, yeah, I agree. All right. I'm going to have to go behind the scenes and <laughs> hablarle a Gilberto. Gilberto, give me a call. <laughs> so we could take care of this guy. Anyway, vamos a regresar, entonces, al, al tema. Que, ¿Qué es lo que hacen los mejores jefes? Uh-huh. Algunos consejos, especialmente de tu experiencia, porque ahora ya tienes más de ocho meses manejando un equipo de cuántas personas? Eh, eh, ha, ha subido y bajado, pero on average, 17, 18 gente. ¿Y ahora vas a tener cuántas? Ahora voy a tener eh, 
creo que 20 algo. Oh, wow. Y voy a tener un, un, por ahora un supervisor en el futuro, serían dos. Son un supervisor, reportándose directamente a mí y luego el equipo entero al supervisor. Oh, wow. So, platícanos de esas cosas que pueden hacer los jefes para, no solo para complacer a los empleados, pero para conseguir el buy-in, ¿no? ¿Cómo se dice buy-in? Um, ¿Como el acuerdo? El acuerdo del apoyo del equipo como sí. jefe. Bueno, F, oh, Dios, la lista sería larguísima, ¿no? De las cosas que se pueden hacer eh, para, 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 like, just to be like an overall good boss. Um, but I feel like a big one would be just to be a good coach, too. I feel like anyone could be a boss where you're telling people what to do, what to do, what to do all the time. But also investing in your people and being a coach to them is going to be key in getting their buy-in, like you said, to do things. Because at the end of the day, um, and this is something that actually, just today I was having a conversation with an employee that I've been help, um, helping develop. Uh, and this particular employee and I have weekly meetings uh, with, with things that, um, that are opportunities for her to grow and develop. And just today I was telling her that in order to be a leader, you have to empower other people. And when you empower other people, then those people are inclined to serve you. And I say, I know it sounds weird, right? Because you're giving them the power, but yet they come back and serve you. But that's exactly how it works. And I feel like being a good coach is part of that. You know what I'm saying? Like just like investing in them and helping them grow and develop. That makes sense. So also teaching, using the problems as teaching moments. Then. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is huge. Uh, what Part of the conversation that her and I had today was some feedback that she received recently that wasn't the most favorable, right? The good old uh, constructive feedback uh, that really is just negative feedback or criticism, whatever you want to call it, right? Because here's the thing, as a boss, you're, you're not going to make everyone happy. So this particular employee is a leader of her team. And I um, I challenge her and support her to lead her team. But recently, she received negative feedback, uh, and she took it to heart. And we, we, we talked through it today, and I told her, I said, you know what? One of the biggest things as a leader uh, is being okay with that negative feedback. Doing what your body and your mind and what your heart tells you to do. And I said, for me, in the past, that has been to cry. Like, I have, in the past, cried before because I was so angry. I was so down because I didn't feel that the feedback was accurate. So I told her, I said, I feel like it's important for you to take care of yourself, to allow your body and your soul and your heart to tell you what you should do. And then once you do that, and I said, here's the most important piece. This is where that, that coach comes in. I told her, now you have to ask yourself, okay, what's the lesson here? Like, what, right. what, what, what I've got to learn from this? Like, give yourself the time that you need, take care of you, but then bounce back and say, what's the lesson? And then come back stronger. That makes sense. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, to her, she was just like, okay, I never thought about it that way. I'm going to do that. So hopefully she runs with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So what else do you have for us? What's another good tip? Um, I feel like another good one uh, is uh, to empower your people, to give them the, the freedom to be creative, to explore, to make mistakes, to own up to those mistakes. Again, going back to what I've got to learn from this. 
I feel like that's huge because the last thing that you want to do is be a micromanager. Like you do yourself and most important, your team and your company a disservice whenever you're you're macromanaging your people. And what advice do you have for those of us that maybe like like to keep a tighter rein or quizás no no hemos tenido la experiencia como dices tú. Mm -hmm. Comentaste hace rato que cuando empoderas al al equipo mm -hmm. por alguna razón mm -hmm. ellos regresan a ti a servirte. Sí. Entonces, para las personas que todavía no hemos comprobado esa táctica, creo que a veces se nos hace difícil o nos da miedo que vayan a hacer errores y después cómo se van a arreglar. Sí, y eso es difícil, Gaby, porque, por ejemplo, like, I also have a boss, right? And I'm held accountable for a certain quality of work. So, whether it's me directly or me indirectly via someone, someone who reports to me, if I'm giving out any kind of information, I don't have the freedom, or you should never as a leader have the freedom to say, it wasn't me, it was so-and-so. No, it was you. So, yeah, I agree. Like, it's it's very scary to give someone control of the output, as I call it. You know, so I feel like that's why a lot of people micromanage, because they have a certain standard of what something should look like, should feel like, should read like, right? And a lot of that has to do with fear. Like, you're afraid that when this information leaves that you're going to be judged on that. And I feel that one way to, to help you with that is to set the expectation from the get-go. Like, I am very, very, very intentional about the words that I use with my team whenever I'm asking them to do something. I'm also very intentional about when specifically I need feedback by. So, for example, we're working a huge project right now, and it's a project that's... That was meant to take several months. Well, the project is going to outlive my, my time there. But what I've done is I've set up, uh, I've set the expectation to have weekly updates on the project. Even if that update is, hey, Junior, we didn't get a chance to meet this week because of X, Y, and Z. I still have an update every single week. So it makes me feel better as a manager, as a leader, and someone who's held accountable for certain results to know that I have a group of people that I've already communicated my expectations with and say, I need an update on this day every single day of the week, regardless what that update is. It takes, it makes me feel better. It helps them feel more empowered, but it also allows me to be more free. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Right. So, I mean, by empowering your team, también te da más libertad a ti en tu trabajo. Sí. O más oportunidad para concentrarte realmente en lo que es importante al, al trabajo que tú tienes diseñado. Exacto. Y te ayuda también a ser un poco less micromanager. Because, yeah. again, I feel like a lot of that comes from a fear of I'm going to be, be judged for somebody else's work. Right, right. You know, so you have to trust your team. You have to empower your team and allow them to make the mistakes that they need to make so then they can perform at the quality that you want them to perform. And speaking of that, I feel, and this has been my philosophy since before I had any kind of management title. People will perform up to the level of expectations you have of them. Mm -hmm. I have always believed that, Gabby. So when I feel like I've been a leader for a very long time before I even held a management position. And I've had the, the privilege and honor of having people ask me to mentor them. 
uh, and part of that mentoring is setting clear expectations about what your what the relationship will look like, for example, but also setting clear expectations about what the outcome of that relationship is. And I've always raised a standard and told people, here's how I want you to be performing, communicating, behaving, acting, conducting yourself. And people always meet and exceed that expectation. But if I set it lower, then they're going to also meet that expectation right. too. Right. So I think there has to be some conversation beforehand too. Absolutely. All right. What about number three? What's your uh, tip? So um, I would say um, definitely results oriented is a big one. So uh, set the goals, roll up your sleeves and get to work. And we're going to be talking more about the specifics of this in a different episode because just a little backstory. I joined a brand new industry uh, less than a year ago, 10 months ago, exactly. Um, and I've been very, very fortunate and it's gone really, really well for me. But a lot of that has to do with my lack of fear of getting dirty, getting in with the work, working with the team and helping the team see what the vision, what the long-term vision is of something mm-hmm. and help, helping get, uh, get their buy-in on that vision as well. Like I've been very, very, again, intentional and purposeful and communicating with my team about what I how I want them to be performing, but also what the long-term vision is of not just the team, but the department, if they perform up to a certain standard. Mm-hmm. And then once I set that standard, then I said, okay, how do we work together on that? I feel like that's a leader that you have to be so like I feel like not all of it, but a lot of it has to go back to communication. Like you have to be an excellent communicator's leader because you have to make sure that you communicate what this thing is going to feel like and look like. Yeah, I definitely feel that. I mean, I think that especially in your case, tienes una habilidad de comunicarte, pero eso ha pasado porque has invertido mucho en tu persona, sí. en tu, en el arte de comunicación para para junior, right? So mencionaste Toastmaster hace rato. Y creo que eso es parte de la fundación, pero también yo sé que has tomado diferentes clases para conocerte a ti mismo, sí. de liderazgo, de, um, uh, ¿cómo se dice? Eh, inteligencia emocional. De yeah, uh, mind, mindfulness. Um, de realmente cómo ver el mundo en, de otra perspectiva mm-hmm. y ver los problemas de otra perspectiva que entonces te hace comunicar muy diferente. Yeah. Sí, efectivamente, en... I'll say it again, like one of the best things you can do as a leader is invest in yourself. Like it's so important for you to to get comfortable with yourself, like get comfortable with not having all the answers, get comfortable with your weaknesses. I mean, and that's a very scary thing, like saying, holy crap, like I can't do this. This is an area of opportunity. This is a huge area of opportunity for me. Like, okay, I have to acknowledge that. But again, the question is, well, what are you going to do about it, right? right. So I, I agree with you. Like, I'm going to own up to that. Like, yeah, I, I've invested in myself a lot because I want to get to know myself. Like, I want to get to know where I exceed, where I shine, where I feel like I shine, where other people feel, feel like I shine, what my weaknesses are according to me. And what my weaknesses are according to other people who are in my circle. Like, for example, uh, a couple of years ago, um, I had a, a great leader. And she saw a lot of potential in me. Uh, and she agreed to work with me, to help me grow, to help me develop. 
and she had me take an assessment. And uh, a part of that assessment was to do a, um, a SWOT analysis on yourself. So if you're not familiar with the SWOT analysis, it's strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, but on yourself. So most people do that for their business, like who are the competitors? What's the industry look like? What's, what are my strengths? You know, what are what, what are things I need to tap in? All that, right? But for, you, for your career. So I took that last sheet and I made 15 copies. One of the copies was for myself. I gave my wife a copy. I gave my peers copies each. I gave people that know me uh, and work with me that are not selling my peers in other departments sheets. And I said to them, I want you to be candid. Like, I want you to be candid with me. I want you to be like straightforward because I'm trying to develop myself mm-hmm. as a leader. And again, this is two years ago. And got me like that, just doing that gave me so much knowledge about myself and about other people thought of me that again, like it still continues to pay dividends to this day. I, I sat down with each of those people, all 14 of them, because again, 15th was for myself. And I said, okay, let, let's go through the list. Like, I want you to just shoot oh, wow. me straight. Yeah. I want you to shoot me straight and give me your thoughts on it because I'm trying to grow. And I got a lot of valuable insight from that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a, a test and having no fear. <laughs> so you've talked to us a little bit about being a good coach, empowering your team, being results oriented. Mm-hmm. And I know you had one more um, tip or uh-huh. advice on how good bosses should, what they should do or how they should behave. Yeah. So um, in no particular order, obviously this we're, we're going through this list, but I feel that uh, you have to be decisive as a boss. Uh, I feel like you should absolutely um, empower your people to have freedom, to express themselves, to come to you, uh, and have conversations with you about anything that's bothering them, whether they agree or disagree with you. But at the end of the day, in order to be a, uh, a, a great boss, a great leader overall, you have to be decisive. You have to make a decision, uh, even if you're the only person in the room who feels a certain way, uh, and stick to that decision and say, this is where I want to go. Here's why. I don't want to discuss why that's a bad idea. However, I would love to partner with you to help us get there. You know, so you loop them back in. Absolutely, like absolutely, you cannot get anything done unless you have your 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 people's buy-in, and their buy-in doesn't necessarily they agree with you about the result because that comes afterwards. Not always, but a lot of times. Whenever I set a goal, when I made a decision about where I'm trying to go, where I'm looking to take the team. I don't have everyone's buy-in at the time, but I got everyone's buy-in leaving that meeting about how we're going to get there. And then once we get there, then we all celebrate. Right. And a lot of times that comes afterwards. And sometimes that comes months later. And you have to be okay with that. As a leader, as a boss, you have to have a thick skin and not let it affect you emotionally. Well, and since you're the the head of the department or the leader of the team, then you have to make the difficult decisions sometimes. Yeah. Um, me imagino que sí es difícil cuando no todos están contigo, pero ese es un buen momento o buen, un buen punto de cómo tratar de que estén otra vez de tu lado si todos van a trabajar así el mismo esfuerzo. Exacto, exacto. Yo, yo este, 
y como estamos compartiendo experiencia eh, que yo he pasado, um, hace como unos tres o cuatro meses, yo le, le dije um, a mi equipo que yo quería hacer algo que totalmente va a cambiar la forma como nosotros eh, acquire data mm -hmm. in our department. Something that has been around for years, way before me and for most of my team, way before them too. But they came into this, right? So they just followed along. Right, exactly. And I said, well, I feel like we, we need to change it. Here's what I want it to look like. Uh, and here's, here's how this is going to work out. And I got some pushback. And again, I encourage pushback. I am, I don't get, like, I am unoffendable. Like, I encourage my team to push back if they don't agree with me. But again, at the end of the day, this is where we're going to go. And I want your help getting there. So I, what I told this particular teammate of mine, who is an amazing, amazing rep, very, very knowledgeable, very, very caring, caring individual, and there's someone who has a lot of potential and is going to go a lot of places. He said, I disagree. I disagree, and here's why. And uh, kudos to that guy. He was the only one that disagreed with me. If someone else disagreed, they, they weren't saying anything, right? But he was the only one disagree with me. Uh, so I said to him, I said, okay, um, I respect that after we talked through it. I said, I respect that. I still want to go there. And actually, I need your help getting there. So next week, because we have weekly meetings, I want you to come up with two reasons why we should go there. And then based on those two reasons, how we're going to get there. Mm. So he was already said on oh, this is not going to work. I don't want to do it. But I needed him to look at look at things from a different perspective. And hopefully he got the lesson because you're not going to get your way all the time. Right. But you, there's always a reason why something won't work. But there's also a reason how it could work. Right. right? And he came back the next week with two reasons why it would work. And he's been a critical member of the team who has helped us get there. And we should be getting there by the end of this month. That's awesome. Yeah. We're fighting a fly over here. <laughs> no, that's great. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate that you were candid and authentic to share your good news, and but also your struggles, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's another podcast, but I also feel that a lot of times we don't give credit to all the things that went wrong mm -hmm. um and so we've we've talked about failing forward i also think we have to fail consciously yeah um so, so true. thank you so much so um junior's advice for being a great boss and some things to implement to be a mindful boss we should say mm -hmm. or to be a good coach empower your team be results oriented and be decisive I did hear communication and setting expectations a lot too. So yeah. those could be two that we could add, but the top four are the ones that we mentioned. So we'd love to hear your feedback. Nos encantaría saber qué piensan ustedes, qué ideas tienen, están de acuerdo, no están de acuerdo. Quizás han usado otras fórmulas que les han funcionado. Nos encantaría saber y poder compartirlas con todos los que están escuchándonos. Este, así es de que nos vemos hasta la próxima. Hasta la próxima.